Welcome to the Poriva podcast. This is episode four of the In Sessions. In this episode, we caught up with Doberman and reminisced about the music video we shot for him last summer. We discussed the pros and cons of live stream events, and we talk about how he's been busying himself during lockdown. Enjoy. We're here with um, Ollie, aka Doberman. Um, we know you from uh, Beans, Rhymes and Life, which is a spoken word slash uh, hip hop event that we host with our friend Benny at the coffee shop. Yeah. Um, you've been to almost every single event. I've been to nearly every single one. I missed one last time and it genuinely did quite upset me. And I think Benny <laughs> sent me a message being like, damn, he was like, damn, it's the first one you've missed. I was like, shit. I can't remember why I did have, it wasn't even like a, oh, I can't be asked this time. Like it was a legit reason I couldn't do it. I think I was elsewhere. I can't remember now. I think, yeah. you, I think you said something, you were writing with friends or something. I can't remember. There was, there was a legitimate excuse though. I, I remember you That you was messaged. it. That was it. I was having a meet up with, yeah. So there's some guys who I'm working on a, uh, we've kind of, we're looking at uh, kind of forming a, a collective and putting together an EP and we'd, uh, said like it's quite hard getting all, all of us together because I'm in Finchley, one of them's in Streatham, one of them's in Croydon. Uh, everyone's quite quite far apart. Yeah, we had uh, we were working on tracks that day in Streatham, so yeah, and it was in the afternoon as well. And I was like, and I was like, but trying to, I I was thinking of pitching it as being like, oh, we could go to this event and then we could write afterwards. But I think saying to a saying to people in Streatham and Croydon, do you want to come to an event in Enfield? I feel like that'd go down like a lead balloon so i didn't pitch it in the end uh but yes yeah, so that's the that's the one that i've missed but yeah that's fair enough um yeah. and and last summer we we uh recorded or filmed edited and, and directed a, a music video for you that went on the yeah, man. Uh, jazz hop channel. yeah jazz hop cafe's YouTube. youtube channel yeah hey presto that was how, a, how did that absolute blast Hey, presto, straight from the get-go. Soon as I exit my bed, it's ready, set, restretto. So energetic as ever with the tech as a tempo. Better than the regular, still it's an effort to get known. Hey, presto, straight from the get-go. Every brekkie necking as many as seven espresso. Forever restless, begging for the next show. Never on your nelly, will this fella ever be sent home? Get up, pick my head up, tell he's setting kettle filled. Yawn for yawn to pull the water, not too zealous with the milk. It was almost as hot on, on that day as it was today, or, or maybe even hotter. I was thinking, was yeah, before you, we you, had you've seen me AC. in some of my worst states in terms of how, because I just don't cope with the heat at all. And coincidentally, yeah, whenever we do things together, it seems to be on the hottest day of the year. I think I would have, I think no matter what the temperature would have been, I would have been sweating from the anxiety of <laughs> rapping to a camera because it's not something I do very often. Like that's my first and well, I've done one video before, but it was with a mate and it was a lot less serious, like you know, we were just kind of mucking about, whereas that's the first time I consider that I've done a proper video. So I'd have, been, I'd have been sweating anyway, regardless of the heat. Then add into that, kind of trying to look animated, wearing a shirt and tie and apron and being surrounded by hot beverages. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was a, nah, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you, you were going to ask. And, and the coffee how, machine how kicks out. Yeah, yeah, no, how, yeah. how many, because uh, I think last time I looked on, on uh, that YouTube uh, video it was it was like fifteen thousand views or something I yeah don't know how, I, think, how well... I, th- I think it's crept slightly up more than that probably not a, i don't think it's uh broken 20 it'd be awesome if it did i think i think it's around in case of that which is obviously sick but um yeah it's mad they've they 
they've kind of got it's weird with them because they're i think as time's gone on they they've strayed more into that kind of chill hop music lo-fi sort of territory so a lot of their audience i'm not even sure a lot of their audience listen to rap with vocals on like i've even had comments on videos and or i've seen they've released albums that have instrumentals and stuff with rappers on and the comments will say like ah needs more instrumentals <laughs> or love the beat of this one not too keen on the rap. like it's the most heartbreaking thing at times but they still i think because i started sending them my music quite a long time ago like i think one of my a couple of that's it a couple of beers they put in a mix to celebrate the fact that they'd got 50k subscribers and then shortly after they put out that video they had 100k subscribers and now they've got like I think it's like 750k like it's something mad but um they definitely get more engagement and traction off that sort of lo-fi chill hop scene which is kind of fair enough man it's sort of become its own community and its own culture in, in youtube and it's sort of it's symptomatic of the sort of playlist culture rather than album culture so i and i can see why maybe vocalists might not always fit into that quite as seamlessly um but yeah no that was uh that was a lot of fun and that was something i think i'd recorded it it was a while from when i recorded it to when i filmed the video and then it was a bit long and then it was maybe six or so months from filming the video to jazz hop cafe saying let's put it out um but yeah they put it they agreed to put it out on my birthday as well which sort of made the the weight like made up for the weight it's like a nice little treat so yeah well, hopefully they'll give it another like push now now we're creeping back into the summer because it's, yeah. it's like it's got that summer vibe to it hasn't it that yeah definitely man i've been thinking i might give it a little push myself as well it's definitely a good track to jam like to sort of whack on the speakers and yeah if you're out in the garden or if you if you've got up first thing in the morning and you're making a brew or whatever I, I don't normally talk about like talk like this about my own music but yeah the beat by preposition it's got that sort of like sambery kind of feel to it hasn't it? which is cool it's a lot a lot of fun to write to man and i tried to I tried to, well, yeah, I kind of say it in the lyrics as well. Like the process for writing that I was trying to sort of um, throw the sort of message out the window for a bit. Like, because, you know, I try and write stuff with substance a lot of the time or I try and think with each track, what am I saying here? But with that one, I was like, you know what? I just want to, it's not about what I've got to say. It's about just writing a track that like makes people want to jump about and move and on that sort of feel good Jurassic 5 kind of vibe. Um, what what do you prefer yeah. doing? Because obviously you go to spoken word events and you do a yeah. lot of acapella stuff as well. But I, I really love the the stuff you do on beats, like just yeah, that energy. Yeah. And but what's what's your preference? In ter- in terms of performance, definitely hip hop. But I've I've had this conversation with Benny, man, where like uh, Benny Diction shouts Benny Diction. If anyone didn't know who the Benny I was referring to was, um, yeah, like I think it's. I think in, in London, the hip hop and spoken word scenes are definitely a lot more, way more fluid. But in terms of uh, scenes outside of that, the experience I'd had of going to live hip hop events, it was way more like, it's a bit more standoffish. People are like, who's got the hardest bars? Or like, who, do you know what I mean? Or who's killing it? Like, who is the best MC in the cypher? Whereas if you go to a spoken word event, or if you, you know, you might not necessarily be a poet or consider yourself a spoken word artist but you are just essentially someone who's saying words at this event and i think and people really listen man like i'm surprised by i'm, I'm always surprised by people that spoke spoken word events who might not even be into rap but they will pick up on the 
tiniest little nuance of one of your lyrics that you're like, whoa, I never like, cause I think, I think rappers get put off a lot by people saying, oh, it's, I'd like it, but I don't pick up all the words cause it's too fast. Or like, I think people that don't listen to rap a lot, or if you listen to hip hop, you might not pick up D and B lyrics, you know, cause it's, it's just having an acclimatized ear, isn't it? And it's all, it always surprises me that like, if I can go in and do like a, a rap performance with like da 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 da, like quite sort of machine gun pace of, of lyrics and someone at a spoken word event must have like, oh, I love that. And they'll pick it out and it'll be word for word correct. And I'm like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I don't really, con- I don't consider myself a poet. I try and have a poetic element to what I say. And I'm inspired by like lots of poets that I've seen perform live sort of poetry that I've read. Like I don't read a lot of poetry right now, but I, you know, I did English lit at, at school and at uni and that. Um, and there's definitely still elements of that that kind of inspire the, the way I write. Um, but yeah, so I'd say I kind of, I don't know, I'm always trying to look for um, hip hop that has kind of a more, or, or looking to work with people in hip hop that appreciate the kind of more soulful element of it or who have a message or, and that, I think that's why Beans, Rhymes and Life is like, as an event, is kind of like, it's, it's bang in the center of that Venn diagram. Like it's ideal, it's got, you know, people that are into the people that are into hip hop, people that are into just words in general and expression and, but it's good vibes and it's not like too standoffish or like sort of, yeah. But mm. having, having said that, there's, uh, I need to kind of dip my toe into the hip hop scene in London a bit more. And I've been to a few events where I've been like, all oh, right, actually this isn't as, as bad as I thought. I think elsewhere sort of hip hop events I've been to in like, uh, like, yeah, el- elsewhere in the, country have sort of been like a bit more of that kind of you know there's people are nice there but there's definitely an undercurrent of like everyone there who's performing wants to be the best there like you definitely get that that feeling that's uh yeah so give us a like a real brief uh history lesson of how you how you came to to rapping like when was the first time you you did anything or performed um yeah man so i, th- I think into with with me in terms of like uh going from just being i i'd say i came into performing and writing hip-hop myself quite late um i think liking being into hip-hop i was also always i always enjoyed rap music i think when i was about 17 18 and i became more aware of uk hip-hop being a thing that's when i started appreciating what hip-hop culture was and also sort of studying the lyricism a bit more and kind of really getting a going from being someone that liked having hip-hop music in the background to becoming a bit of a hip-hop nerd and a bit of a hip-hop fanatic. Um, I think in terms of getting into writing it myself, it was like the closer it got to home, the more I thought about getting involved in it. So when I first heard UK hip-hop, I can like remember when a mate of mine, we all used to listen to loads of US stuff. Like We'd really got into like, we were just starting to discover the East Coast kind of side of things, really getting into like Onyx and Wu-Tang and everything like that. And... Um, I was chatting to someone. He was like a mate of a mate, but he was into hip hop too. And he was like, ah, oh, I heard you like your hip hop. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm really into blah, blah, blah. Like rattled off a few people I've been listening to that week. And he was like, ah, oh, you need to, you need to listen to some UK shit, man. And I was like, while you never think, I never thought of UK not being a place where people rapped. I hadn't, you know, heard UK people rap over dusty sort of boom bap and that. And I remember, <clears throat> my mate George put on a CD by t- put on the foundation by Terra Firma and he put on war and the lyric that stuck out to me was something like canoe your crew and super glue. No, it's 
leave them super glued to a snooker queue. And that was something that to me was so, it was like this hard gangster style American rap, but it was something like snooker queue being so quintessentially British. And I was like, this is mad. I love this. And then like from there, I discovered like Jest and Brain Tax and all like the low life era. But then in terms of actually writing myself, biggest thing for me was um, there was this uh, YouTube series. I don't know whether you guys will have heard it called the, uh, WI Cypher or the West Yorkshire Cypher. And it was like a, a freestyling thing. It kind of, um, a guy called, uh, do you know, Luna C? Who he's sort of from, from Battle End Don't Flop. Um, mm-hmm. me, and my, me and my mate Bacchus actually supported him last November, which was ace. Um, but he was, he was involved in the WI Cypher. Um, Defenders of Style, who are one of the most prominent, probably the most prominent rap group from Leeds in terms of UK hip hop. Um, they were involved in the West Yorkshire Cypher. Jack Flash from Huddersfield. Um, he's now, now wrapped under Rob Bradley. He was in the West Yorkshire Cypher. And it was basically just this thing of like kind of everyone going around to uh, Synoptic Studios, it was called. It's now called Dub Y Studios. Um, and yeah, they'd just get around. And the rules, it, was, it had to be freestyle. It was 100% freestyle raps. And all these people from around Yorkshire were getting around. And it was just sort of like, it was a perfect thing for stoners to watch, to be honest. It was just sort of like lads sitting in a room, rapping about each other's mums and like kind of trying to cuss each other, kind of having a laugh and just sort of like kind of having a bit of a party and a drink and a bit of a smoke and whatnot. And I think watching that, I was, that was the probably biggest sort of click moment of like people from where I'm from are rapping and they're doing it really well. And there's an established scene there, which I, I think if I hadn't seen that, like, I think everyone who's listened to hip hop has thought about, oh, could I rap or could I lyric? Blah, blah, blah. Has probably had some attempt at it, no matter how embarrassing it may have been. But I think seeing it that close to home for me was like, all right, maybe I can have a go at this. Um, and so I think I wrote, but then from there, even then, it took me ages to properly get into it. I think I wrote um, my, a couple of my mates made beats as well. So that was another incentive to write. Um, like they're always like oh, I need someone to jump on this I need someone to jump on this but they never knew any rappers um, so I did one verse to my mate Jay's beat I think it was called Spring Shine or something like that it was one of them ones where the track was just called the name of the beat and it was like this sort of gentle summary kind of thing and then I wrote a track called uh, Escape Artist uh, and I'd originally wrote it over Say Something by Kev Brown um, and then eventually my mate George remade a beat to it um and i think so those first two tracks i wrote when i was about 20 and then i wrote uh jazz and Bookfast, which got released via the jazz hop cafe i think i wrote that when i was like 22 it was like after uni and i was sort of like you, you kind of thrown from your little uni bubble into like real life and you're like man this is way more difficult than <laughs> than anyone else made out it was gonna be and i think it i think it was so yeah, I think in terms of me getting into rap to to summarize <laughs> is um yeah, it was a combination of like seeing that it could be done by people from West Yorkshire and then also um hip hop going from being something that I was passionate about and that I liked to being a release and then, you know, um yeah, it was a good good sort of emotional release and then kind of as I got on tried to refine it technically. But I, I did I've for a long time, I just wrote and didn't perform at all. I just wrote stuff, and it was all things I did in my room, and I'd show it to my mates, but I wouldn't go to any open mics or anything. I've only really started kind of 
trying to make a dedicated effort with, with getting about since I've moved to London, to be honest. So, yeah. I like the fact that you kind of, you keep to, I don't know, the Yorkshire thing, like the, the album you released on, on Bandcamp, Tales from yeah. Dales. Tales it's from just, Dales, it, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it works really well. And even, I can't remember which one it is, but you just use those kind of, well, the Northern slang just in, in your rhymes. And like yeah. you said, with, with Lunacy, he did a similar thing. Yeah, um, yeah, especially on his on his earlier stuff. He still does it a bit now, but on, on the Lunacy CD in particular, that is so like... It's so Bradford <laughs> when you listen to it. Like, obviously, there's this sense of humour too, but he really uses the northern accent, northern dialect. I think there's occasional moments where um, I've and I've you know chatted about it with other MCs from the north as well. Where the biggest one is when you're if you're writing a particular thing and you're like, if I was from London, I could make that word. This is so annoying. And you're thinking like, Jest could make. That. Normally, it's the word like laugh. Like, if I wanted to say, like Jest will have like bars ha ha laughing blah 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 and, it, and he can make it flow and then there'll be a moment where i'm like oh, i can't make that scheme work but what northern people can do which pretty much no other i don't think it happens anywhere else is just the compression of words and removing letters <laughs> is something that we're quite a fan of and incidentally helps quite a lot in terms of sort of you know i'd have a rap that you know, there'll, there'll be a line which technically has six words in it, but because I'm Northern, I can sort of just extract a few letters and it still makes sense, which is obviously very satisfying from a, from a writing perspective. But yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think when, like, obviously the big appeal of hip hop and when I started getting into it is it's your, I think as a listener, you're either, you're either listening for relatability, like particularly that's what I loved about UK hip hop and Yorkshire hip hop. It was people were rapping about stuff that I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. Like when I first heard any defenders of style, one of them went to my school as well, which is how I got shown it. Like my mate George was like, check this out. That guy Henry used to be in my brother's year or he was like the year above my brother or something. And they were rapping about like, um, being mashed on Brigitte, which is like a big main road and like a big pedestrianized road in Leeds. And they were like, Oh, queuing for my JSA. And it's like, I've never heard, bars like that's what's relatable so i think when when you listen to hip-hop you're either listening for relatability or you're listening for that window into someone else's life like with with wu-tang or whatever it's completely so far it's like it's like watching a film isn't it it's like it's so far removed from what you know but they paint a picture so well like when you listen to and pretty much any like raekwon or like yeah i'd say mainly raekwon man where there's i can't think of is it called jihad or something a few of the tracks on the Cuban Links albums where it's like just painting a picture of it being like New York or whatever and yeah so I think where you are from or who you are that's always got to bleed through into into what you're doing in, in hip-hop in terms of your lyricism your image whatever it's, it's showcasing your culture isn't it so so yeah it's always got to be a big part of it even though I haven't actually lived in Leeds for years <laughs> which some people are still <laughs> some people are still like crestfallen to hear <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Like, I bleed through and through, but yeah, I haven't lived there for like maybe five years now, I think. Jesus. Um, but yeah. Well, you can get some of that London slang in your raps now. Your five <laughs> years is probably a good amount of time. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm bored you get your that I can expand my appeal <laughs> to the. <laughs> you get your, you get your yeah, London man. citizenship now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've been here, I've uh, been in London two, two years. No. Yeah, two years. So, uh, yeah, with a house with some mates in Archway, 
and then uh, like a year ago this month is when uh, me and Olivia moved in our flat in Northampton. So yeah, that's mad. That's flown by. But, yeah. So I mean, tell us about um, how the lockdown has affected you. I mean, personally and and with your with your art, your music. Um, yeah, I mean. Personally, I think I've been going through, like, the, the funny thing about social media is you see all the, you see everyone going through, like, en masse, everyone going through sort of similar motions, whether it's, oh, look, everyone's giving themselves a grade one haircut this week, or, oh, look, everyone's, like, doing exercise they didn't normally do this week, or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think April was a much better month for me <laughs> in terms of lockdown. I think this month I've been a bit like, whoa, where am I? Like, but, yeah, April was right in like loads like i got a lot of writing done um i think i've i've lapsed into lockdown being sleeping far too much <laughs> spending far too much time on social media saying i'm gonna do stuff like having one thing to do that day and then not doing it till 6 p.m um religiously watching the chase that's been another one game shows are like i've never I can't. I would not. I would never have thought I would be as into game shows as I've been since lockdown. But I think. I think I'm obviously craving mental stimulation of some kind, and that's like my fix. <laughs> the chase is a big one. Uh, the chase, love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, creatively, it's been it's been cool, man. I think I I released some. Um, I put some bar. There was a there was a challenge on Instagram, but it literally only lasted a week, which was a bit of a shame because. I don't know. By the time I'd written to the to the beat, um, the challenge was over. But it was a uh, Farmer G had, had done a 16 bar challenge on this really nice sort of. Um, I don't know where the sample's from, but it sounds like it's a kind of 70s funk kind of thing. It's very reminiscent of like sort of the stuff Juggernaut's doing at the minute, or like the newer Sunny Jim stuff, like that. Really nice. It's like it's almost all like children as used. Like it's not like a boom bap kind of beat it's literally just like rapping over soul music which was awesome so yeah i i wrote over that and i think kind of sort of some of the stuff i was saying in that track was sort of reminiscent of how i feel like obviously the the bigger picture of what's going on is you know pretty mental and obviously not necessarily a positive thing but i think on the other you know on the flip side of it to be a bit more selfish about it like when would we ever get any other opportunity to recharge this much and focus on things like because I, I think I've always been whenever I, as long as I've been in full-time work I've always complained that I don't have enough time to don't have enough time to exercise don't have enough time to write raps um, I've got a side hustle that I want to make my main hustle but I don't have enough time to work on it and now I've got no excuse <laughs> so I've kind of been putting more time into those things obviously which is Ace, like and watching the chase i'm watching the chase yeah so the, the productivity definitely comes and goes i'll have days where i'll do absolutely nothing and days where you know i'll, I'll be like oh man this i can't this, i feel so lucky that i've been able to spend a whole day just just working on a rap or whatever but so um, what's the uh, side hustle that you're um so the, the side hustle is freelance copywriting which isn't crazily exciting but it's you know something that is um yeah so i've, I've worked in office jobs for like pretty much since i've finished uni uh so yeah for about about five years and um i got into marketing eventually and doing copywriting just because i i had like i remember i got to third year of uni and i had a careers meeting and i was like don't know what i'm doing i need to figure out what i'm gonna do with this degree that i've spent 20 odd grand on um no wait not 20 grand i got lucky nine grand um yeah i need to like sort of figure out and then 
I'll just take a career that was writing. Um, and then, yes, copywriting was the thing. So I eventually got into it, but I think I've just sort of grown tired of office culture and like low job security as well. Like, and um, yeah, I, I like the idea of being able to work in my own time and, you know, the um, output being more important than the hours of the day I do it in or, you know, having to be somewhere at a certain time. So um, yeah, man. So that's the side hustle. So I'd say April, I was writing a lot more rap may have been doing a lot more like sort of side hustle in between uh, game shows obviously <laughs> and and you've done a you've done a few live stream events as well yeah How, man are, have you got any more of those planned and what are your your thoughts on those generally like do you think they work ho- well i was i was hoping this might come up it's a really interesting one isn't it um yeah so i think live stream uh one i've got on my radar is the uh, end of the week uh, event that's going on on I think it's this Sunday and it's like two till seven uh, and I think it's all in dedication to uh, I think it's in remembrance of Ty and uh, Vice as well I think it's advice and Ty on the thing and then there's I didn't realize how many people were involved in in end of the week so obviously G-Bag's like three-time champion Tenchu's been a champion Jack Flash has also been a champion I think Benny's on that stream as well. Um, yeah, so that's one I've got my eye on. I've done a few. I did a I did a live stream poetry slam, which was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, the Beans, Rhymes, and Life one. Um, I also did one where Lunacy just opened up his uh, live stream and invited rappers to jump on, and I did that. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's, it's a double-edged sword, man, I think. So I'm, I'm like, you know, maybe go positives first, depending on the size of the event. Like for the the poetry slam, um, there was about 130 people locked in when I did my piece, which is mad. And you get to do it from the comfort of your own home. So you're you're not as nerd, like the adrenaline you get when you are sitting in an event and you're waiting for yourself to go on and other people are performing. And I I get adrenaline to the point I can't, I don't really take in anything that's happening up until I perform and then I can finally calm down. And like, up until that point, I'm just sort of like going over my lines in my head and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of element, that nervousness is removed. You feel really comfortable. And as a result, you probably perform better. Like you don't get as out of breath as quick because adrenaline, obviously sh- adrenaline should play in your favor but when you're a rapper and you need air and the air is going to your limbs rather than your lungs. Adrenaline sort of doesn't always work in your favor. So that element's taken out of it, but there's more of a nervousness about shit. What if my connection drops <laughs> or like, um you know and stuff and and those elements you can't control but they make a huge difference and sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are if things bomb out then you know you can't have the desired impact um overall i think they're oh yeah sorry go on i was just gonna say have you seen that on instagram they've been doing loads of verses you know so they had like eric badu versus jill scott they had uh yeah man nelly nelly versus ludicrous you know it's been there's there's been loads and it's been like you were saying connection dropping out yeah yeah so like but I, talking yeah, about people I, dropping out that's you know people are dropping out yeah, about people who should be able to afford better wi-fi than that right <laughs> like, yeah man like the people that are the best in the game are still not yeah. you know which is a shame really it, it's kind of interesting it because it means everyone regardless of how big you are is on the same <laughs> yeah. on the same plane whereas if it was you know if it's a gig like if you're at quite a small venue and there's a problem mm. with the sound like everyone's got a problem with the sound where there is no way a major label artist is gonna have a problem with their sound and if they do then right, yeah. they'll 
storm off or someone at the venue will get an airfall do you know what i mean um so yeah i think in terms of expanding your reach it's incredible like it also means you can like you can go on tour from your house like if you put in a bit of and i've seen people that i haven't done it myself really i haven't been on as much as i should um but i think i've definitely seen other people like doing events not only up and down the country like they can perform at events that are like in newcastle or scotland or whatever from london or they can if they're you know if they're willing to stay up till one in the morning i think it is usually like one or two in the morning then they can do like an event a poetry event in new york that's got a really strong like poetry scene or or, or they can do a hip-hop event in new york, do you know what i mean so in terms of expanding your reach and reaching new people i think it's incredible i think that's awesome i think if you if you're a bit of a if you're doing it off like a laptop speaker, which is what I've done the times I've done it, then yeah, it's not always going to be amazing. Um, I think I definitely did one where I presumed everyone could hear the beat fine. Um, and I was doing it off my laptop, sat in my car, off my laptop through my phone, like the beat on the laptop, recording through my phone. And then like my main messenger was like, that was sick. Couldn't hear the beat at all, but that was sick. And I was like, all right, okay, that's a bit of a shame. So if you weren't, if you haven't, got the, the right setup already or you don't know how to stream your setup adequately to get it sounding like tip top then yeah you can sort of do yourself a disservice i think yeah it's so obviously i think it's it's got the advantage of reach um above everything else and the advantage of comfort and also if you're a bit self like this is going to make me sound like a dick but it is true and i'd be very surprised if anyone disagreed is also there's the advantage of you can stay at the event while you are you know, going to the loo doesn't mean the event has to end. Going and, you know, doing some washing up doesn't mean the event has to end. Going and do some cooking doesn't mean the event has to end. Do you know what I mean? So, whereas, like, so so that's nice. That's a good bonus of it as well. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of the, some, unless it's, I think maybe spoken words are a bit of an advantage because obviously all you need is to say words. Whereas I think if you are uh, wanting to perform music, you're, you know, it's a bit of a, it'll do especially over instagram live i think zoom i've watched a few zoom ones which are pretty sick because you can you can share audio can't you so i think if you have a decent setup i think it's the guys from uh from and what london seem to do these ciphers and they obviously have a good knowledge of how to record themselves at home anyway and i've I watched them do a cipher the other day and it all sounded like perfectly crisp um so yes yeah, so i think given the right platform um sound quality maybe is not an issue but yeah we we found when if anyone's got a beat to to rap to on on instagram live it just it doesn't work so well but i think yeah uh, google have released a a new kind of hangout type thing and it's unlimited so you may have to look into that just to be aware it's not new they've just made it available for everyone it's been it's been knocking <laughs> but didn't didn't, didn't ha- yeah yeah i know hangouts did but didn't they they shelved it for a while and then because mm, i saw i saw them advertising it as well recently like it was on so but i don't know it might be worth worth looking into mm. um ollie we're gonna have to leave it there because we are running out of time on this yeah i've seen the 40 thing, minute man. zoom yeah. zoom call um, yeah, no but where, where can people where can people find you or, or buy your music or watch a video yeah, so I'm on all social media as at Doberman WY, so Doberman WY for West Yorkshire. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I'll use that handle. Uh, SoundCloud as well. Um, you can 
I'm on Spotify. Um, I think I'm at the point now where if you look me up, I will come up above the Japanese band called Doberman, the Japanese ska band, which is good. That's been a thorn in my side for some time. So yeah, so spot, like, by all means, listen via Spotify. But if you want to support, um, Bandcamp is the way to go because that's the most direct sort of monetary route uh, to mine, to my pocket. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll put yeah, all, your, all the links in the show notes as well. Big up, much um, appreciated. Thanks for your time. And yeah, bro. hope to see you again soon. Y- yeah, That's yeah. That's a Beats Rhymes in Life, a, a real version. Uh, yeah, man. In the flesh version. 100%. I look forward to it. Take care, guys. Yes, they say. Cool. Good work. Take Peace. Care, See you soon. That was episode four of the Poppin' Sessions. Follow us on Instagram at Porover Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at James Stanton Did It. Jade is at Black J Films, and Colin is at Colin underscore Stanton eighty two. Catch you on the next one. Oh.